Good morning, everyone. We begin in Matthew 14 this morning, and we get an account of the death of John the Baptist. Uh, Herod, the original Herod, when Jesus was born, had passed away, and now his four sons had come into power in different districts in the region. And one of the sons of one of those sons had a a wife who married someone within the family so she married she married even though she was of the family she married the son of a king of a family and then she left one of them to marry another one of the family within the family so she was she married two different men even though they were part of her family and she divorced one to marry another. And John the Baptist had spoken to them of their evil, of that this was wrong for them to do. And as a result, they had put him in prison. And then, you know, when this, this Herod heard or watched one of the young ladies dance and she he said, what would you like me to give you? And the young girl goes to her mother, and the mother says, I want the head of John the Baptist. And this was in front of the king, in front of his guests. And I think he felt led to show off and honor the word that he said, I'll do whatever you ask. And he went ahead and had John the Baptist beheaded quite a sad thing and <clears throat> what a brutal world it was um what i found interesting <clears throat> and i think it's important to to take in excuse me beginning in verse 13 well in verse 12 they report the fact that john the baptist died to jesus so he learns of it in verse 13 of Matthew 14, it says, Now when Jesus heard about John, he withdrew from there in a boat to a secluded place by himself. And we see this, we're going to see this a couple of times in this chapter. And we see this throughout Jesus' ministry. And I think, you know, we don't have everything. Meaning, you know, when, when Matthew was inspired to write the things that he wrote. You know, God's helping him remember what to write. He's also remembering, obviously, major moments, major happenings, healings, miracles. Um, and some of the common things that happened on a day-in, day-out basis, we don't get. You know, and sometimes when you're reading the Gospels like this, it's like you're going from one miracle to the next miracle to the next miracle. And sometimes I fear that we are reading miracles on a page, but not really entering in and really comprehending just the astonishment of what Jesus was able to do. I mean, every chapter, it seems, is filled with just incredible things. And it's no wonder the crowds followed him everywhere, right? With the things that Jesus is able to do. And you know, I believe in the Word of God. I, I believe this is inspired by God. I believe it's true. And it is remarkable what our Savior and Lord 
was able to do. But before we get into one of the great miracles that we're going to see this morning, I want you to know that he also got away. And, you know, it's interesting that they really don't talk about him grieving, hearing about the death of John. But I think he cared very much for John. And I think this may have been one of his ways of grieving to withdraw in a boat when he heard about this all by himself. But I also think it was a place where Jesus sought wisdom when he connected with his father. And a lot of times you'll see coming out of one of these times of of prayer or quiet or time with God that something profound happens. You know, um, one time he went up on a mountain and then as soon as he came down, he chose his disciples, uh, which ones were going to follow him. And here we we see, so why is this important? And, you know, if you're listening to this, you're probably spending some time alone with the Lord and and listening to this podcast. Good for you, you know. We, We need both. We need to be with the people and doing ministry, but we need time alone with the Lord too. We need time to get strengthened from on high. We need time for Him to minister to us. We need time for our faith to grow, just us and the Lord. And value that time and find that time, make that time to be alone with the Lord and his word and connect with him and pray to him and allow that to be where your strength comes from. And I think these times alone strengthen Jesus. So he's in this boat by himself. And when the people heard of this, they followed on foot from the cities. I believe we're at the Sea of Galilee here and Perhaps they see him way out on the lake and they can see where he's going and they begin to to follow where they think he's going to come ashore. And when he went ashore, he saw a large crowd. You know, you see famous people today and, you know, the paparazzi, so to speak, and large crowds around them. And, you know, this guy was healing people from the dead, from sickness, from disease. and he had throngs of people following him and he felt compassion for them and he healed their sick. Look, we just get that little note. We'll see that a couple of times today. He healed their sick. Like imagine that, you know, imagine people in the crowd bringing sick people to him and laying hands on them and healing them. Uh, Imagine the fame of this man. And when it was evening, the disciples came to him and said, this place is desolate. And the hour is already late, so send the crowds away. I would imagine sometimes they had to be like just tired, uh, you know, ministering and having people around all the time and having crowds around. And and they're like, let's send them away. There's no food out here. People need to, you know, move on. We need to move on. Uh, So send them away that they may go into the villages and buy food for themselves. But Jesus said to them, they do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. What a statement. You give them something to eat. Like, yeah, Jesus, what do you want us to do? They said to him, we have here only five loaves and two fish. And he said, bring them here to me. And ordering the people to sit down on the grass, he took the five loaves and the two fish and looking up toward heaven. And that's pretty special that, you know, Jesus is showing that he is the God-man and he has power, but he's also 
acknowledging Lord God of heaven. And he looks up to heaven, he blessed the food, and breaking the loaves, he gave them to his disciples, and the disciples gave them to the crowds. And you know, that's it's an interesting thing there that, you know, Jesus uses us in ministry, and he gives to us, and we are to give to others. And we get strengthened from on high, but we get strengthened so that we can minister to the people around us. And they all ate and were satisfied. They picked up what was left over of the broken pieces, 12 full baskets. There was so much food even after the people ate. This was an incredible miracle. There were about 5,000 men who ate besides women and children. Who knows? There could have been 10, 15, 20,000 people. And they all ate from, what, five loaves and two fish. It, it, it Comprehending that as a human being is, remar- is astonishing. I mean, like, how do you... How do you even, how does he do that? Like his his miracle powers are amazing, but you know, he did so many. I mean, hey, he predicted his death and he, he rose again and Lazarus was in a cave wrapped up and dead for three days and he they were worried about how bad he was going to smell. And the little girl, they were singing dirges for the little girl who was dead and Jesus came in and said, no, she's only asleep. And he rose her from the dead. I mean, Jesus Christ is an incredible miracle worker and i think what what's happening is that he does this because he wanted the disciples and the people to be convinced who he was and they were you know what they they were so convinced that these apostles were willing to die for him even after his death they continued in their ministry and most of them were martyred and guess what we don't have we never have a record of any apostle saying you know what? I made it up. Oh, it wasn't true. I want to live. Don't don't kill me. Yes. Okay. I'll forsake Jesus. I'll I'll deny what I said about him. We know, we have no record, no stories that exist where an apostle ever did that. No. We instead we have we have stories and a record of apostles dying, continuing to proclaim that Jesus is Lord and Savior because this stuff happened and it's true, and you can trust in Jesus. Immediately he made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side while he sent the crowds away. And after he sent the crowds away, he went up on the mountainside by himself to pray. And and there it is again. Do you see? Jesus would find times to be alone and get wisdom. And, And here in this case, I think he's you know, anticipating what he's about to do, uh, the miracle is that is about to take place. And it was evening and he was there alone. There alone up inside the mountain. So make sure, listen, we can only give what we have. If you don't have a dollar, you can't give it. If you don't have much faith, it's hard to pass it along. So we need to spend time with the Lord. And praise God you're you're listening to this podcast, you're reading through the Word. Because the more that we gain in the Lord, the more in our own personal devotion to Jesus, the more faith in Christ's likeness we begin to have, then when we do minister to the people, we have more to give. So we need to seek to gain more in Christ 
so that we are more effective and have more to give. And, and Jesus strengthened here too. But the boat was already a long distance from the land, battered by the waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea. <laughs> Can you imagine that? Oh, man, that we may picture Jesus walking on top of the water. When the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, It is a ghost! And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Take courage, it is I. Do not be afraid. I love that, you know, a lot of times when Jesus does something astonishing, like when he walked into the upper room after his death, he he, he said, Do not fear. Um, you know, when you are in Christ and He is your Lord and Savior, you don't have to fear. He died to forgive you. He loves you as a father. And we have a fear to honor Him. We have a fear to not walk away from Him. Um, we respect Him greatly. We have reverence for the Lord. But one day you can stand in the presence of God and he's going to welcome you who believe in him. Peter said to him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come up, come to you on the water. Now that is quite a statement. I mean, we're going to see just the full dichotomy of Peter here. I mean, I don't know that I would have thought of that, right? You're sitting in a boat and Jesus is walking on water. It's like, well, maybe he's going to come in the boat. You know, come on over here, Jesus. But Peter's already like... And, you know, a, a student is supposed to be like his teacher. And they they knew that, you know, discipleship in the Jewish first century was imitation, was learning to be more like him. And, you know, that's what Jesus wants of us, to be more like him and and not imitate in the sense that we think we're him, but taking the qualities that he is and trying to be like him. So Peter, with that mindset of discipleship is saying, well, he's walking on the water. Help me walk on the water. And, and and Jesus said, come. And Peter got out on the boat and walked on the water. Amazing. And came toward Jesus. But seeing the wind, he became frightened and beginning to sink. He cried out, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and took hold of him and said to him, you have little faith. Why did you doubt? And, you know, I, gosh, I don't, uh, I'm not about to insult Peter here and say, oh, why did you doubt Peter? I mean, I, uh, you know, <laughs> we used to do barefooting in our day. So I was going to say, well, I've never walked on water unless you have a speedboat pulling you at 40 miles an hour. But, but no, you know, I mean, you'd be easy to doubt. I've never walked on water before, right? I, I, I don't, I don't hold this against Peter, but I think this is going to be a remarkable thing in Peter's life. And think about later in life when he has to serve Jesus and sometimes serve Jesus in difficult situations. Having this experience, you know, when I had faith in Jesus, I, I even walked on water and. And I don't know what's going to happen to me in my life. In fact, Jesus tells him he's going to die for him. But, you know, I, Peter learns to be a courageous witness for Jesus, and especially after Pentecost, and he got the Holy Spirit. And I think these incidents where Jesus said, hey, you have little faith, why did you doubt? 
later on he would realize that because of Jesus behind him and in him, you know, he can serve the Lord with faith and with courage. And he did. I mean, he got up at Pentecost and led several thousand to, to Jesus that day. Um, when when they got into the boat, the wind stopped. That would be astonishing, right? I mean, to see there be a storm or to see the wind against them, and then all of a sudden Jesus gets in the boat and everything stops. I mean, that's about as amazing of a miracle as any of the other miracles. Like, even over the wind? I mean, and those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, you, you are certainly God's son. When they had crossed over, they came to land at Genesaret, and when and when the men of that place recognized him, they sent word into all that surrounding district and brought to him all who were sick, and they implored him that they might just touch the fringe of his cloak, and as many as touched it were cured. And there was a woman, you might remember she was struggling with a blood flow, and she touched the edge of his cloak. And the edge of the cloak of a Jewish man, a Jewish leader like this, would symbolize their honor of God's word. Some of the tassels would be symbols of their honor of the word of God. And and it was like they had, uh, they were special. The tassels were special. And people would touch that off Jesus and gain power because he just had so much power to heal upon him. And another miracle. I mean, gosh, just in this chapter, following all the miracles of Jesus, and that's the one we follow. That's the one. That's the one that we're going to be before one day. Hallelujah! Praise the Lord. He is worthy of our honor. He's worthy of our followership. He is a miracle worker. He is our Lord. May we not just see this as words on the page, but may God help us to enter in and have greater faith because of it. God bless you all.